0: Program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management,
1: contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness podcast. Share Your Hotness. Now, here's your host, Nita Green.
0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with Lita Green and my guest, Jerry Taylor Swade. Jerry and I go back 21 years. She is actually the original queen. And I mean, when I'm talking about queen, not the queen of England queen, but a queen in the makeup company that she and I both work with. And she was the first um, person to have ever trained me um, in anything. And it was about two hours at your home and you always have cheered me on. And then the moment that I knew that we were sisters of heart was one of my first presentations speaking at uh, a Synergents conference. And I shared about my daughter that passed and you came up to me and you shared that you have a son that has also passed and you took me by the hands <laughs> and you prayed with me. And you were like, I'm right there with you. And you, you, cause you're that much further ahead in the timeline and you're like, you're going to do this well. And then sadly, we also have other things in common. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we laugh because you know, you don't want difficult experiences in common with people. You want to be like, we're all successful business women in common. You want to be like, I'm happily married in common. You know, my kids are awesome in common. Those are the things you want in common with people. You know, we're both right. gorgeous, you know, right. That's what we want. In common. <laughs> right. Yeah. So are we ready to dive in my friend?
1: I am. And you know, it's funny that I don't even remember that. Like I literally do not remember at that seminar, holding your hands and praying with you. But knowing me, that's something that I would do. However, I don't remember it. And I'm so glad that you remember it and that it made an impact on you. And I think that we all need to remember that, that our everyday lives and and who we are and what we stand for and the experiences that we've had, we all have a chance to uplift and share with others. And it might not even be something that you remember, but it might be something that somebody else remembers for
0: the rest of their life. Amen. Um, Because, you know, I see that moment. It was the first time outside of a church setting that I'd even mentioned that from a stage or platform. And I want to do it with grace and dignity and you reassured me that I had. So it was a big moment for me. And so I see those kinds of moments when the perfect thing is said, the perfect message is given, that it's not us individually. It's being instruments in God's hands.
1: Absolutely. And if we can all do that in wherever we are. That's the thing. It's like, We don't have to be a preacher, we don't have to be, you know, this missionary person, we don't have to be any of that, all we have to do is just be an instrument for how God wants us to be used at that moment, and he will put those people in our path and and like I always say, you just have to open your mouth, <laughs>
0: right? Right. You, know, you
1: just got to open your mouth and be that instrument that God wants you to be at that moment or be that encourager or be that person that shares something, maybe a product or a opportunity that somebody might need in their life.
0: And that's all we're just, right. we just need to do that. And I know you well enough because we have vacationed together over a dozen times together, um, mm-hmm. and you have been just a consistently amazing person. And when there was some kind of craziness in our company, it was always nice to know that you were a rock that I knew was doing integrity. And uh, that's wonderful. We all need people in our lives that, in our personal lives and our professional lives, you know, all the different that we know are rocks that they are not going to vary from being people of integrity and goodness. And I thank you for being that in my professional space, Jerry. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. You know,
1: the thing is, is that we all fail and we all, you know, if we can just try to live in a place of integrity and, 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 and live in a place where your character is showing to the world. That's what's most important. Right. You know, we're, we're not always going to be that person because we're, I mean, in my world, we're all sinners. So right, you know, right. we're, we're all going to screw up sometimes. But, um, but if we, if we just do the best we can. And if we stand in
0: that integrity, it's, it's so important. So And I just love that. You know, I've seen you professionally speaking to hundreds of women. I've seen you one-on-one talking to my children and it's the same person and all those different where there are times you, there was a time you were talking to Elsa, my daughter, and you guys are just over by the pool and she was just, and you were treating her with the same respect that you would treat, you know, a dignitary. And I just, you know, it, those kinds of moments just endear people to your heart in a way that you can't get rid of me, Jerry. Can't get rid of me. I'm not <laughs> going to try either.
1: <laughs> well, that's good. We're stuck. We're stuck. like glue. Yeah.
0: So let's, let's go, let's take this, let's take this to the tear zone. Right. All right. Um, let's do. So in, uh, 2000, uh, end of 2017, I was no longer a national trainer for the company. And I know that God kind of engineered all of that because he wanted me to write the book that I never even thought I would need to write. But it was interesting. I put a post up on Facebook and correct me if I'm wrong. Had I ever shared any of that with you prior to that announcement or that post? No, I didn't. I didn't think we had shared that part. You know, we had business in common, and we were goal focused. And of course we knew that we both buried children and that was a motivator to move forward with, with, you know, the ultimate goal of being reunited with those amazing kids that we have. Um, and, but, um, the me too movement, it was 11 days after I did not renew anything with, uh, speaking for Synegens. And I was kind of like, Oh, okay, what am I going to be you know, what's my next big time consuming? What, what goal, where do I go? Cause it's just released, you know, four or five times a month. I'm not going to be on a plane. So, you know, what am I going to be doing with that? And I saw these posts about the me too movement and I put a post up and it, I did not intend for it to lead to a book. I had literally a contract, two different book writing contracts offered to me in that same day, but you If I remember correctly, you just went on there and said, we need to talk. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. it was like, and so you were one of the contributors to my book with this amazing. uh, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to sell more books, but I am because I'm so proud of the message of this book and how it has helped people and your story in there. We didn't have to take out one word. It was so beautifully expressed. And so succinct and so needed for people to understand what it is like for a child to have that kind of betrayal happen to them. And then for me to get a sit and go, I didn't even know that about my friend. This woman that I think I know so well, which I think encapsulates that that person, you know, to the audience that is out there, that amazing go-getter, living this amazing life person that you know, has also walked through that kind of hell. And perhaps maybe because of that is who they are, right? Yeah, you know,
1: that is so true because we don't know what women or men have gone through in their life. And, you know, my husband and I, as we get older, we kind of purposely go out of our way to talk to people now in a a deeper, not just, Hey, how are you? That type of thing. But we really like to talk to people about their history and where they come from. And, you know, because everybody's experiences make them who they are. And, you know, in our situation with uh, child abuse is what you're talking about. I don't blab it. I don't talk about it. I don't, tell, I've never, I don't think I've ever said on stage or anything like that, that I was abused as a child. And for me, I realized that I could have either been an overcomer or I could have been a victim. And there are so many people that choose to be victims because it fits
0: their scenario or it fits- okay, so let's, let's dig into this because what being a victim, let's make sure the definitions are clear so that people okay. are hearing what you're saying because I know what you're saying, but I want to make sure it's very clear. Okay, okay. So, being molested is not choosing to be a victim, that is a victim stage of our lives when yes. another person perpet, per, perpetrates yes. on someone who does not have the capacity to physically remove themselves from that. So, that's the thing okay. you're talking about. You said once you got to a place of being a survivor from the abuse.
1: You're like, you know what?
0: I'm going to be an overcomer. And I know you, so I'm going to call it out. You gave this to Jesus and you work through it. So taking that with that kind of terminology, you're talking about that people today in our world, and it's always happened, of course, but we choose to stay stuck in the mentality and the feelings of, I don't have a choice. I'm being perpetrated on. And we take it into situations that nobody is physically, you know, I mean, you, you were three or three years old, two to four. Yeah. I was two and a half to 14. So I remember the differences of those phases. Yes. And the irony being that when I was that little, I remember feeling the, the repulsion of it and your, your segment in the book is probably the best. Um, I don't even want to quote it because I just want people to go and get that, you know, you can go get on Kindle for two bucks or something like that, you know, if you don't want to pay the full price, but it's so beautifully written. So I don't want to take away from that. The sad thing is that people become comfortable. That's where you're going, right?
1: That's where I'm going is, is that people choose to stay a victim. I should say. They, they choose to stay a victim because then they can blame every for everyone else and everything else for anything and everything that happens to them or doesn't happen to them in their life. And there has to be a point where if you've been through something like that, whether it's abuse as a child or it's abuse as a, you know, there, let's face it, there's a lot of, women and some men that are adults that are being abused in a relationship or marriage. And there has to be a point where you've got to let strength and, um, and I'm not going to do this anymore, rise up from within you to say, you know, yes, this happened to me, but I'm going to do something about it. And, you know, we, I, I I don't know how someone does it without the Lord. I really don't because I did it with the Lord. So I don't know. I'm sure it's possible to find that strength within with, without, without God. But I I didn't.
0: Well, for you you and I, you know, we both have a very integral faith to our lives and it has affected how we run our businesses and how we show up in everyday life. It is not just on Sunday kind of thing. Um, and I believe that even if people don't have God, I believe that in everyone is the light, uh, you know, I call it the light of Christ. So even if they don't consciously know that that force saying, no, you're worth more is God, it's still God helping them.
1: I agree with that. And, and I, I really think that it's a matter of people sometimes find, that voice to, to stand up and say, no, I'm not going to do this anymore
0: because God is there with them and they don't realize it. My process yeah. of was from two and a half to 14. So all of my fundamental experiences were being, um, you know, taken with this and mm-hmm. I found God mm-hmm. because of, of this. And again, I share that story. It was my awareness in horror. That he still loved me and was still yeah. looking out for me. And so, yes. you know, it's, I can't deny that. That is our witness, right?
1: Absolutely. And that, yeah. and say it proud out loud because yeah. it is, it is the truth and it, and truth always
0: rings true. Does <laughs> right. that make sense? That's because of that, what I call the light of Christ. What, what do you call that, Jerry, that just innate that God is in us? What do you call that? Same thing. Okay. Perfect. Light, I know, you know, we have, we both are thing, the, light of Christ, the
1: spirit of, uh, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ, this, right. you know, the Holy spirit, yep. there's so many different words, but there, it, it basically is the, you know, we all innately have a sense, whether we recognize it or not, or, or, admitted it or not, God puts it in us because he made us in his image So it's there, you know, it's there. We just have to let it come out and call it forward and, and let him be the Lord, you know, and, and I'm not, I, I don't, you know, I'm not a preacher. I'm not anything. It's just that when you experience these kind of things in your life, you, you cannot deny what has happened to you and how you were able to get over it and overcome it because we are overcomers. God made it that way to where he can give us the strength to overcome. And, you know, there might be somebody listening right now that might be in a place where they don't feel like they can overcome. They don't feel like there's anything that they can do to get out of the situation they're in right now. And that is not true. That is a lie from the enemy. And you just need to stand up and step out and in faith, you know. You you either have to live in
0: fear or faith. You cannot be both, you cannot have both. You 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 can't be in the the light and in the darkness, right? You know, there's the opposition, the yin and the yang, as I talk about it a lot. And I like to use the yin and the yang because this philosophy, if you look at human history, predated when Christ walked on the planet. But yet the influence of that doctrine of Christ was still there. And if you look at religions, which one of my favorite classes I ever took in college was a comparative religions class. And um, I think my professor was, um, it, it was, I think it was, he was Sarsi. It's a Middle Eastern religion. I, uh, oh. I feel really embarrassed. I can't remember. Farsi. Farsi. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I, I knew I was slaughtering it. And he made the point how all of these religions have common theology. And he put to the class and he just looked at us and he was like, why do you think that is? And he just let each of us answer that in our own hearts. And to me, I was like, because God's up there and he's talking to his kids and right, you know, like, and people, we just kind of, um, you know, took our cultures and it morphed, but still the basic premise of principles all carry through, through all these different belief systems. And so that's why I like to use the yin and the yang, because that's, you know, who knows how many years old, but it's still and, sub- the same principle. And
1: the picture of yin and yang is black and white, right? Yeah, you're I either know. in the black or you're in the white. You're either walking in the light or you're walking in the darkness. You're either walking in in faith or you're walking in fear.
0: You know that's and if we're in the or, white category, it's mm-hmm. really this is where I okay. I'm just we're just gonna go here, right? Yeah. So when we're in the the light or the white yeah. part of the yin and yang, so everyone's visualizing. Yes. It's really easy to look at the other side and go, well, that's bad. But the truth is both exist in harmony together and both are needed to make the whole. We have to go through these hard things. We have to go through the difficulties in order for the light to be beautiful.
1: Well, that is true. And, and, we learn from these experiences. We learn from these times when it's not so great in our life, you know, for whatever reason. Um, bad things happen to good people. Yes, that is true. Bad things happen to good people. But it's how you deal with those bad things and how you can come out of it is
0: what makes the difference. And, right. and that's and, going back to your point about choosing to remain in the patterns of victim thinking.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, and you and I have both chosen
0: not to stay there. Yeah, and, and I and I other know
1: people that to have too,
0: and I know that you know um, we got to preach that we blue in the face that there is a better way than staying in the patterns of being a victim, and thinking that you are not. There's so many layers of that of not thinking you're worthy of more, not thinking you're capable of more. But it, what we know is what becomes comfortable
1: well that is true and we talk about in our business we talk about getting out of your comfort zone all the time right and the reason why we talk about that is because even in business as in life you just stay in a comfortable place whether it's not a good place or not you it's just what you know and it's scary to step out of that comfort zone at whether in life or in business. And, you know, that's, that's a big thing. It's a big deal when you take that first step or that second step out of your comfort zone and realize that there's so much more out there for you. You just don't know it because you've been stuck in this, this, um, walled up comfort zone and once you break free of that the freedom alone is so huge just the freedom that you feel your spirit feels freedom your your life you 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 step out into the light and you see all the opportunities and the benefits of not holding yourself back anymore and uh, hiding Right. You know, the one thing that God said to me, this is the first time. And I know people go, you know, God talked to you, really? But yes, he really did. And I remember as plain as day, exactly where I was, I was driving on the freeway and I had left my brand new newborn son at home with my mom and I was driving to the grocery store on the freeway and I was. 27. And God said to me, open up your heart. And I'm like, what is, what is, what, what does that mean? Open up your heart. What does that mean? And I knew it was God. Cause it wasn't me. <laughs> right. Right. And, and I'm like, what does that mean? Open up my heart. I did not know that my heart was so close. It was like a brick wall. I had built up around my heart because I was not going to let anybody hurt me again. And I, and because of that brick wall, I wasn't letting anybody in and I wasn't giving out either. Right. And I wasn't able to give the love and the caring and the compassion that I had out to anyone because that brick wall
0: stopped me. You were keeping yourself unquote safe.
1: Yes, exactly. And that, and God knew that I didn't know that, but God is the one that said, open up your heart. And then there, thus was the journey of, of now, even I'm 67 years old now, you know, 67 and, from and looking fantastic girl. Oh, thank you. But all that time, all that time and every day, it's like an onion it peels more and more and God shows me more and more. But the first thing I had to do is step out and say, okay, I, I need to figure out
0: what God is saying to me. And that was my first step. Oh, I love, I love this because, um, you know, we were talking about staying in the the darkness or the, the patterns of victim thinking, mm-hmm. um, when you know what, you know, that is that comfortable thing. I was in a situation as a kid that if I didn't have an authority figure yelling at me, it was disconcerting to me. Because I, that's how I was used to the, the biggest authority figure in my life, you know, yelled every day. And it was like, wait a minute, you know, there was logical, but not emotional that I understood that that was incorrect, but emotionally, I didn't know how to feel safe or knowing in that with a different pattern. Mm-hmm. And that's the danger is I could have gone on and married someone who You know, exhibited the same patterns that I needed to feel safe. Right. Instead of finding, digging into myself and finding the unknown of what did it look like if I didn't have that level of interference pushing me in a parameter and actually Mm -hmm. make my own choices. And that is terrifying. Mm -hmm. Terrifying. And when you have had so much stripped away from you because of the actions of other people, like being molested, you have to figure out how do I keep breathing and being in something that they tell you isn't possible. So that goes to expanding that vision. That goes to listening to
1: others besides the abuser. <laughs> but, but you don't know how to listen to anybody else but the abuser because that's your life.
0: Right. So, and that's your
1: comfort zone right? and that's your comfort zone. And so, you know, for a lot of people, it's like, you got to change, you know, it's like your life re- reflection is who you hang out with. The five people that are in your life, the closest to you
0: is pretty much a reflection of who you are. And I so, would say the five people in your head. Or yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who do you let to be in your head?
1: Who do you let to be in
0: your head? That's right? right. Because it's who you're going to be around is going to influence what's in your head. And the Mm -hmm. abuser gets in our head. Right. And so that's the first step of like, when you're in, oh no, what do I do? Whose words are coming to you? Right. And you know, for you and I, the, the answer that we've worked really hard on is we have God's word. So we're reading scriptures. We're saying prayers. We're going to church. We're finding rites and symbolism and. And right. That are holding us accountable yes, to this being the voice in our head. Yes. Right. Yes. And so people are like, Oh, you've gotten yourself brainwashed. Well, no, that's a process <laughs> though. You know, it's a process
1: not to be brainwashed, but it's a process <laughs> to train your brain. You know, you have to train right. your brain to let positive things in instead of the negative. You've got to get, you've got to get the negative out, like clean the cobwebs out and put positive light and positive words and positive people and the word of God and, um, and things in to replace those things. Right. So it's, it's a matter of replacing the light,
0: the dark with the light, you know, and it's not a, it's not, it sounds so easy, you know, when people are like, you know, and I just found Jesus, right. It sounds like such an easy flip, but like you said, it's a process process, not a, you might have an overnight awareness. You might have an instant awareness like you did in the car, but it's what you were choosing to bring into your life. I have, um, I want you to spin off of this story. Um, After my daughter died, a really good friend before my daughter died and she came to me and she sat down and she said, I can't be your friend anymore. And I was like, I mean, I just buried a kid. I'm kind of like, what are you talking about? Like, this is not like you keep that to yourself and you be a friend. Like I'm going through hard things. This is when I need my friends. And she, her child had had a heart condition, very similar to my daughter's heart condition, which of course had given me hope that, you know, that my kid could get through this Mm -hmm. and um, my kid did not. And, you know, had a couple other things going on as well. And she, but she said, I can't be your friend because if I stay your friend, then what do I do with my anger to God for allowing this to happen to my kid and you, and she was angry and, you know, had a really hard time. And she goes, and you have chosen God. And I can't be around that. I need to be angry. And I was like, holy Hannah, like the words are coming out of her mouth. That she would rather stay in a place of anger and push away a friend than to be a support to me in my darkest hour. And it's not about me, but that's how it felt at the time. Because her anger, her pain, her hurt were too precious to her.
1: Um I mean, I could say a lot about that, but, and I don't know who this person is or anything about her life, but I can tell you that that is the, a very selfish place to be. And um, a lot of times when people are that angry, it's a deeper issue and anger is just the thing that comes out. Right. So, um, you know, obviously her relationship with God, was she was not she was not understanding that god is god is god, god is about of love now do bad things happen to people that love god yes it absolutely almost does almost a guarantee
0: almost, almost a guarantee
1: because we live in a fallen world it's not right. god it's right. we live in a fallen world and we are going to go through hard things, but it's, it's how you deal with those hard things. And, you know, you want to run, like if you have a, a, a loving father, you know, if you have had or been fortunate enough to have a loving father in your life, then, you know, as a little girl or a little boy, you know, that when you get hurt, you either run into the, lo- the arms of your daddy or your mom. You, right. Because you know that that's a safe place to be. And when you're hurt, you don't not run into their arms. You want to be there because you want the comfort. You want that protection and things. And that's what God does. But when someone pushes God away, you know, everybody has a free will. So if God's not going to come, he, he's a gentleman and, he, and, he, and we have free will right? We have free will. So if we keep pushing God away, he's going to say, fine. Okay. I guess you don't want me in your life. Um, Have at it. Basically, it would be like a dad saying to his teenage son, you know, this, this is, you know, you're, you're, you're going down the wrong path, son. You're choosing the wrong friends, son, you know, blah, blah, blah. And the son says, I don't care what you say. I'm going to do what I want. And then he ends up in jail or he ends up in a car accident or he ends up, you know, doing something really bad with his friends or his friends do something really bad to him. And is he going to then turn around and blame his
0: dad? Well, I mean, people do. <laughs> people have. But this is such people a good have. example because the dad's the one that is going to either come and bail him out or, or you know, whatever. The dynamic is, I mean, if my kid right. murdered someone, I'd be like, I'm not bailing you out, but I'm still going to love you. Right. I'm still going to pray for you. I'm going to bring you food. I'm going to write you letters. I'm going to pour my love into you and I'm going to love you no matter what, but I'm not going to allow any behavior. Now I, I got really excited when you said, God's a gentleman, because um, you know, there's a, a, a picture in my faith of a door and Jesus is knocking on the door. Yeah. And then there's a handle there's no handle on the door. And so the point of this picture is he's knocking on the door, but it is for you on the other side of the door to allow him in. And there's that, a handle on that side. Yeah. There's a handle on that side, mm-hmm. but he does not force his way in That's and right. the way I've always used since, because I just, that was such a beautiful moment to me to realize like, God doesn't go where he's not wanted. Right. And then you, you have always said that God's a gentleman. So I was like, I've got to have Jerry say that because I have told people, my friend Jerry Taylor Swade would say, God <laughs> is a gentleman <laughs> because it's a phrase you say so often. And it's such a beautiful um, way to explain that to people who may not have a relationship with Christ, yes. God, to understand that bad things do happen because God let us live in this world to learn and to grow. And that meant there's going to be adversity. That is why he sent his son, Jesus Christ. That is the, the Christian answer to the, right. the hard questions. Right. And he does not force himself because he is taking away from us the opportunity to learn. Just like the first time my kid needed to drive his car as much as I wanted to be in the side seat, like I'd been for the whole year. He'd been practicing to be like, okay, go, go on a little fast. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's, let's break eventually you have to let them drive off by themselves. <laughs>
1: yeah, And it's, angry, and, it's again, but God gives us a free will and we have to choose. It's all about choice. It's, you know, I don't know what time it is and I don't know how much time we have left, but I can tell you that the biggest thing for me is that when I talk to people, it's about choices. You, you have choices to make in your life. And it's your choices that have put you where you are right now, wherever you are right now is your choice. Even, and I have to say this because I've been there, you've been there, even if you've been in a place of abuse, your choice is that you need to step out into the freedom of not being a victim anymore and being an overcomer. That's a choice. And if you, and, and, in, in business, I, you know, I talk to my distributors all the time and say, you know, it's your choice. You can do whatever you want with this business, but if you want your business to grow, you've got to take steps to make it grow. And, right. you know, it's, it's all about choices. My mom was, I love my mom. My mom just passed this year and I miss her terribly. Um, However, with that being said, my mom was always one that blamed other people for everything in her life. She never took responsibility for the things that happened in her life. And as she got older, we would have these conversations and I felt like I was the adult and she was the child. And I would say, mom, it's a, you know, your life looks the way it looks right now because of the choices that you have made. If you would have made different choices, then your life would look different. However, you chose to not make wise or healthy decisions. Deliberate, and so because of that, you right. are experiencing the consequences of the choices that you have made in this world right now. Everybody tries to blame everyone else, including politicians, including people in government, including, you know, everybody. It seems like everybody these days is trying to blame other people for whatever problems they're having in their life. Because then if you're blaming, 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 then you never have to turn the spotlight back on yourself and look at yourself and say, what did I do to make this? What did, what did I choose is why, why is my life the way it is? It's because I've chosen this and I've chosen not to get a job or I've chosen to, you know, drink every day, or I've chosen to smoke pot every day, or I've chosen to, you yeah. I know. I have a
0: sister-in-law that died with three different kinds of marijuana in her system. Um, I want to go into this a little bit deeper because you talked about how you know, we're making these choices to be where we are. And the choices are a natural consequence of, you know, what we've chosen, right? Like you were saying within business, there are those little steps we have to make. And that's kind of what we were saying before is who's around you, what habits are you having? What are you creating? And it was the me too movement that I kind of see as maybe a, a turning point in my awareness, but the beginning of what this cancel culture is like with the politicians and I was so happy when I saw that first me too, I was like, Oh good. We need to be talking about this because again, you and I are not people who define ourselves by that and introduce ourselves that way. However, it quickly went in this direction of putting so much. Yes. The, the, the molester, the abuser, the rapist, the harasser is responsible for their words and actions, Mm -hmm. but who's responsible for the cleanup is why I put the post that I put up. I am not going to chase after the man that chose to molest me. And the person who chose to molest you is still not taking responsibility for that and waiting for their permission for me to begin my healing.
1: Right. Well, in my case, mine
0: was, mine was dead by then. So, right. And so, you know, Jesus has taken care of that, you know, but, um, when we place blame on other people, we are giving them the responsibility for our life. for our healing. And that is the opposite of empowering the opposite of what we as human beings need to thrive. And the opposite of what God placed us here to do is to learn how, despite our circumstances, we are still powerful creators. We are
1: overcomers. We are overcomers.
0: overcomers. Absolutely.
1: And that, and that's what, that's what we, um, that's where that's, in the process of overcoming is when we learn in the process of overcoming is when we become who
0: God created us to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, and that is such a hard corner to turn mm-hmm. because we can't see around that corner. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. And that is what <laughs> yeah, exactly that was going to be like, and they call that Faith. right? I've noticed an uptick in my own life of people getting mad at me for being a person of faith and feeling that I shouldn't be a person of faith, especially because I have some public um, impact. You know, I don't really, I don't know if, you know, influence, I don't know, whatever, like I'm not really comfortable with all those titles and um, I'm not about to change who I am because of, you know, having a few more people listening to what I say, because I was 36 before I ever had anyone ever cared about anything Lita Green said. Well, Um,
1: God gave you the platform and you need to use it proud and out loud. Exactly.
0: And I think it's interesting how we have this idea that we are only supposed to have one side of our public image. And yet at the same time, we are requiring authenticity from people and then saying, well, don't share that, you, you know, know we well, don't, really don't talk about that.
1: Right. I was told many times, um, to leave my faith and my politics out of my, my world out of my business world, out of, you know, who I am to the public. And, you know, uh, I'm sure those people thought they were giving me good advice, but in my in my estimation, I of course I don't take their advice because that's not what I do. Yeah, um, I think that we are more we are body, soul, and spirit. So, and that's who we are. So we can't just leave part of ourselves out and right. put out to the world a part of you that's not the whole part of you. Right. You either have to put the whole part of you or, or not. And when, when you put the whole part of you, when you have a, an experience with God, an experience in the spiritual realm, which is part of who we are, then it, it you can't deny that. And for anybody to ask you to deny that is like,
0: what, who do you think you are? <laughs> like, well, this, what I, this is what I say. <laughs> agree or disagree. There's, there's this openness in our world today. And I'll say, would you go up to somebody in the LGBT community and tell them that they can't be who they are? Why do you feel comfortable telling? And they'll be like, well, no, I would never do that. And I'm like, right. Because there's an awareness of these rights and it is good for people. I'm glad that we are not chemically castrating people for different orientations. I am so glad we're not doing these kinds of things, but don't ask me to be anything different than I am, and then preach the beauty of authenticity. Because if you are anything other than you are, you are what you said so beautifully that moment that when God talked to you, he said, open up your heart. And that is a great definition for allow yourself to be loved, allow yourself to be honest, allow yourself to be authentically who you are so that you can see that when you receive love, when you receive business success, when you receive anything good in life, you'll know you did it because you were true to who you were. Mm -hmm. And if maybe, you know, you and I could do the, the, um, the sliding mirrors, sliding doors scenario where, okay, this life I went and, you know, did all the things they told me to for my branding. Okay. Maybe I'd have more money. Maybe, I don't know. Let's just say, okay, that's a guaranteed, you know, 20 million in a year. Would we have, any joy in it if you're not authentically who you are?
1: No. Well, obviously not because there's a lot of people that have lots of money and they kill themselves or they're so unhappy. They don't even know what to do with themselves. Mm -hmm. So obviously that's
0: not the answer. I just shared on my charity service page about a singleese soccer player who has a cracked cell phone. And he's, and he's like, why do I need cars and jets? And instead he builds orphanages. I
1: saw that. I love that. Right. That was so cool.
0: I know. Isn't it so great? And I just am like, you know, you and I are very successful in what we've done in our professions. And I would, I would assume more successful than our parents. I know that's the case in my case. Um, and you know, very successful in our fields and things like that, but having done what we've done, being true to who we are means you could take all the money away and we're still proud of what we've done.
1: Well, money's, yeah, because money is just a thing. Money is just one of the ways that you can look at yourself and say you're successful. You know, you can be successful even if
0: you have zero money. Right. Because we're talking about not money. Money is just one manifestation of success. It's just a thing. But you can never lie to yourself enough to like you if you don't respect who you are inside. And being... Hiding, um, hiding trauma that you need to talk about hiding, um, you know, who you are is the quickest way to just keep eroding all of that. And so it's so good that we're talking about things in our society and that we're able to express that, but that's not that story. And that event does not define you. It's just a stepping stone to your greatness.
1: Right. And it's not about vomiting it all over the world.
0: You know, and if some people need to vomit for a minute, that's okay. You know, if you got to purge it it out, out, you know, I mean, there are times where I've thrown up and I've just been so glad, so, so glad (laughs) that I could finally just throw up because it makes you feel better. But that's not the destination. And it's so important that we have these conversations that on the other side of that corner, on the other step, we can dig ourselves in to the trauma and create more drama in our lives or. We can have that faith to say, okay, what am I, what am I being given the opportunity to overcome? That's right. Amen to that sister. Amen, sister, right? We're sisters (laughs) in a lot of ways. (laughs) So any last thoughts, my dear friend, I know you have so much wisdom. just got a couple minutes left and I would just like to end it with a, a truth bomb from Jerry from queen, Jerry.
1: Well, I, I just was thinking when you were talking is that you have to turn away and walk toward the light. You've, you you can not keep looking backwards. You can't do that. You have to look forward and, and ask God to give you a path because he says his path is easy and his path is straight. We just have to ask him to give us that path, whatever that path is. And if you're looking forward then you don't like, I never really think about me being abused or any of that icky stuff in my life anymore at all. Like I really don't, because like it, like you said, it doesn't define me, but it it is, it made me who I am, but I'm not looking backwards. I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to what God has for me now and what God has for me in the future. And so I think that that's a really big important key that we needed to uh, talk about is that we need to look forward into the light and just keep walking.
0: Amen. I love it. I love you so much. I'm so thankful that um, from that first time we met in person that you took Mm -hmm. me under your wing and have cheered me on and supported me and been someone that I knew was a true friend because you would hold me accountable to my best. And so I, those kinds of friendships, you don't have to spend a lot of time together, even though we've gotten to spend a lot of time together on different trips and trainings and all the things that business pulls us together for, that I knew if we never talked for 20 years, you would still expect and hold me to my best. So I appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Well, you
1: are welcome and love
0: ya. I love you too. And thank you, Jerry Taylor Swade, for being on this episode of Share Your Hotness with Lita Green.
1: The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening.
0: This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.